in terms of Sharia, you're not naked, right? Now we may say, "Oh, dude's got a shirt." Yeah, if he's covered from the from the navel to the knee, what I'm saying is, no male artist needs to go all the way down right. to their underwear. <laughs> but for women, right, sure. you have to do that. You have to go to this extreme, to where you, you know, reveal your nakedness, and then when. when Everybody knows deep in their conscience somewhere that this is wrong. This is not right, right? Uh, then they will say, oh, well, she's empowering herself. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm serious. You know, uh, you know the, not, now she's empowering herself. <clears throat> right. And so they flip it and they do this type of tazyin that Allah talks about in the Quran where they try to beautify that which is repugnant. They try to put the lipstick on the pig and tell you that it's beautiful. Yeah. And so that's the other part that comes with it that is completely the opposite of the NBA. Exactly. And the Rusul and the Salihin, you right. know, from the prophets, the messengers, and the righteous people. Totally different. You're listening to the Middle Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Imam Mark Manley, here from Middle Ground Muslim Center. Welcome to episode 13. I'll be joined again by my beloved brother, Daoud Aleman. And in this episode, we're going to talk about this phenomena of celebrity culture, and we're going to tie it to some ideas about a statement of the Prophet, alayhi salatu salam, in which he said there would come a time in which everyone would be affected by usury, and even those that didn't engage in it, by the dust of usury, the dust of riba. And this reminded me that you know we we are all affected by celebrity culture even when we don't participate it it's 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 everywhere and it's very profound and how these things are breaking down and alienating us atomizing society increasing our sense of of feeling alone and what can we do about these things and how can we become more aware of them so hope you'll enjoy this episode you can find this episode and all others on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And of course, you can find the notes for this on our Substack. We hope you'll go over there and like and subscribe, leave us some feedback. Episode 13. Enjoy. With some of the money he made. But yeah, so, you know, it's just interesting how we're, our environment, by design or not, right. um, keeps us enslaved because we're not taught certain things as you mentioned the wealthy so i got you know the wealth transfer generational wealth so which means not just that you're passing on money to the next generation but the next generation knows what to do with it right you've taught them that too yes yes yeah 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 uh i tell you man that's that's the that's the backdoor room conversation we're we're not allowed to uh we're not supposed to know nothing about and we're not supposed to be a part of, and we're supposed to uh, continue to perpetuate these myths of, um, you know, save and be frugal and, you know, to yeah. do all these things, right? Uh, just keep working hard. You know, the reason why you're not being successful is, you know, you're just not working hard enough. <laughs> and these people that got all this money, they've just worked a lot harder than you. Right. You know, um, yeah. So but, there's definitely a disconnect. But uh, that, that's that's a conversation for another well, day, right? Well, what's our topic? 
our topic, you know, do we ever, we, we don't have topics here, don't we? Just <laughs> usually, <laughs> you just kind of ramble you know, on. Yeah. You know, you it just, comes together, man. Keep rambling it on. Um, well, remember, I, we were we were all talking the other day about, because it was right before the Super Bowl. Right. And somehow it came up about <clears throat> Taylor Swift. I don't know how she, she mentioned. And I was like, man, you know, like my daughter, who doesn't even watch, you know, I, I don't I don't let my daughter, you know, watch any of, the, any, any of this stuff. But my daughter had made this funny comment about, uh, or I, I had said my daughter sent me this little video of a guy making a, a a simple little clip in one in in one part of the clip he's dressed up as a Chiefs fan and he's like mm. you know happy and the caption read uh, Chiefs fans and in 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 the background the guy is like sitting at a desk he's got all his Kansas City Chiefs gear on but like on the on the monitor you can see this picture of Taylor Swift with this guy that plays for the Chiefs. Okay. I don't even know the guy's name. And then in the next, like, you know, it's like a 30-second clip, 20 seconds. So then, boom, it switches to where the guy then is, like, despondent. He's looking down. He's upset. He's, like, looking depressed, right? And then the caption read, everybody else. Right. So one was, like, Chiefs fans, very happy, picture of Taylor Swift. And then – the other, he was like, uh, and, it's, and it was meant to be poking fun, right? Right. And I was like, man, I have made every effort to keep my daughter away from this kind of stuff, and yet even she is aware in her own limited 12-year-old mind of, like, the, the ubiquitous nature of Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I said, you know, this reminds me about, like, certain – statements of the Prophet in which he would talk about in 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 the in the light of like Akhiru Zaman, like mm. end of times and like you know Ashratu Sa'a, like the 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 conditions of which the hour, you know, would come about. And one of those was like about like the Inchishar Turab, like Mithlu Turab, like this idea that one of the signs is that usury would become uh, so ubiquitous and so proliferated, mm-hmm. right? So literally, intishar, like the word nashar in Arabic means, well, and what it means to publish, right? So like if you're a publishing house, like a nashar, right? But nashara means to disperse, right? So intishar is like kind of the passive, like that, it, like, like usury or riba has become so widely proliferated. Right. That it will affect the <clears throat> salih and the fasiq alike. It will it will basically affect the the righteous person and the unrighteous person. It will affect them alike because it will become like dust that just it gets on everything. And so it was particularly that latter part yeah. of like like a like a, a dust or a film, right? That like gets on your like it gets on your clothes, it gets on your hands, it, it's like everywhere. I was like, this is like what this woman is, mm. is like, like she's like this dust that's everywhere. And I noticed like now, and of course, you know, when you become aware of a thing and then you're going about your business, like, oh, there she is and there it yeah. is. And there. But it's true. It's like everywhere you go, yeah. 
you know, whether it's in my social media feeds, whether I'm in the checkout line at the supermarket and there's a magazine or like literally this person. And I said, and so we, we were having this conversation, I think it was after Jumu'ah, and I said, I get really, you know, the the old black man conspiracy theorist, conspiracy theorist in me, right, the hackle starts to go up on the back of my yeah. neck because I'm like, all right, the PSYOP is really, really, it's it's reaching a new level yeah. to where the powers that be, and of course we believe, there's no power but Allah, but... The powers that would like to be. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> right? The powers that sh- should not be. <laughs> the powers that should never be, but would like to be, right? That they want this person to be your first and last thought and constant thought of every day. Yeah. They want you to wake up and think about this person, think about this person all day long, and see this person before you go to bed, and they're just shoving her in front of you incessantly and obsessing about everything about, you know, what did they eat? What did they not eat? What, you know, what did they put in their hair and blah, all this stuff. Right. But then I heard, I was driving uh, in the car the other day and it was funny because I actually have forgotten my phone, which, alhamdulillah, <laughs> uh, one of the rare moments, because, you know, nowadays, man, you don't take your phone with you and yeah. you go somewhere. You're like, man, did I leave? Did I leave my arm somewhere? Did right, I leave right, my leg? Yeah, like I left question. an appendage somewhere. Like you go back. Like you could be gone halfway to L.A. and be like, <laughs> oh, man, I left my arm. We got to turn it back around, I man. Go back. <laughs> we go back and get my phone, right? And so I was I was driving, and I didn't have my phone. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll turn on the radio. And I like to check both because I don't, I don't listen to the radio much, only really when I'm in the car right. and, and only if I forget my phone. And so I have two two things I like to check in. I like to check in with like sort of so-called conservative talk radio. Sure. And then I like to check in with uh, like NPR. So like liberal liberal talk radio and conservative talk right. radio. Just to see like, you know, what are the people discussing? And so this one person, I think it was on the conservative talk radio show. They were saying like, can you think of a song that Taylor Swift ever wrote and the other person was like no i can't actually you know like can you think of a melody that she ever sang and of course this is beyond the conversation about music halal and haram and even in those of of course we know particularly about the singing of women but just for sake of conversation so the guys i can't like you know when you think of singers like diana ross or uh you know Ripperton or uh, Aretha Franklin. I mean, you can think of, you know, a hundred female artists and think of, he's like even Madonna. He's like, you take Madonna. Sure. He says, Madonna, in musicality, is a really, really, like, very mediocre singer. She didn't have a great voice. She was not particularly talented. Obviously, her talents came in just, like, peeling off her skin or her clothes to reveal her skin. Yeah. Right? Uh, but that being said, you could probably conjure up in your mind three or four songs that Madonna sung, you know, like you can remember them joints, right? He said, can you remember any song that Taylor Swift, even though he said this woman is plastered across the planet everywhere, and yet we'd be pressed with a gun to our head 
to think of a song that this person sang. <laughs> and he said, that's really weird. Right. You know, he said, that's just a really, really weird thing that that's the case. And so I said, like, you know, the the conspiracy theorist in me, you know, starts looking at the chemtrails and, yeah. you know, the, 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 the other things, man. Because, yeah, like, why do they want this person in front of me, in my mind, in front of my daughter, you know, 24-7, why? Exactly. And and some of the interesting concept I found out during the Super Bowl and her whole escapade. And you know, and I didn't watch the Super Bowl because the Lions, you know, unfortunately no. they gave their their last act of sadaqah for the season was to give that win away to the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you were out, out of the may, may, out of the may Allah count scene. it as sadaqah for them to to give that game away to San Francisco. So I, I, that was it. I, I, I was done for yeah, football I after blame, that. I don't blame you. But but the 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 on for most distractions I've come to find out there's definitely some new policies that are going to be made. Look over there. Check out the Swifts of the world. Yeah. Um, there's some you know issues that are are going to be done that will reorganize the lives of Americans while we're looking over there as as you know through the through the Kardashian age, through all the different women that they've poised uh, and we were, you know, bewildered by. But there's an interesting uh, question here. Why do people psychologically worship celebrities? And I'm going to list off a few and maybe we can talk about them. But and this isn't in general. The key word here is I'm, I'm kind of focusing on not necessarily celebrities, but we could use the term here, worship for any distraction. Um, but some of the studies from psychology, sociology, cultural studies, they've all accumulated the concepts of worshiping celebrities or these distractions, and they've come up with several reasons that contribute to why individuals might engage in what is perceived as the worship of celebrities. One, social identity and group belonging. And so we gravitate towards that when we don't have a group. And so as for Muslims, we should be engaged with our group and community and we won't be so distracted or at least maybe not as, like you said, the dust of this stuff. Like I never even knew a Swift. I, I honestly I never. Right. But she kept popping into different, everywhere, different things. Like everywhere. I, I'm not. So the dust of it was in me. I'm, then that. Okay, well, who is this person? Then you look it up like, oh, I wish I never looked this up because I didn't care. This was a waste of my time again. But social identity, group belonging, right? And so these things start to interest us, these people, because the momentum and energy gets pushed out there. Uh, we'll talk about that too. Uh, the, the cause of that momentum or, or the, one of the factors for it. But um, the group identity and belonging, so, you know, like your daughter comes, she starts to see this this lady and she's beautiful and it seems that she's popular now and so this starts and, to and even in that that's an that's a given she's beautiful is she uh, well yeah you know i i know you might well is this exactly. even appropriate for two men to be talking about well whatever i'm just saying as a man i think that that has a lot to do with it i think that there's a sign of how we've been covered with this dust yes is that she's beautiful really 
Right. Is, is she beautiful because you've told us that she is? And that's, yeah. Or told you. that you've put her face in front of us so many times <laughs> over go. and over and over that, yeah, you say, oh, I, yeah, think, she, I guess she is. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know. You know, so, no, I did not to exactly. but I'm just saying, but the, 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 there's something in that. Yeah. That's why, you know, the, I in my brain, I made, I connected this hadith you can find in, in Abu Dawood, right? And and this this idea of again like even if you don't like it right and so the the hadith is really interesting and then and then you can finish yeah. your, you know but it's like what that the prophet said what there will come a time upon people and in here without a doubt there will come this moment will come this time will come and so the like it's like without a doubt right. In which somebody will, they will have to partake in riba, right? They'll have to partake in usury. But then even in that, it says, Even if you somehow manage not to, particip- to participate in it, he said, That then you would still be afflicted by its dust. And that's what I mean. Like, I don't listen to Taylor Swift. I ain't got this stuff in my house. I don't let my daughter listen to it. And yet, it's going to have an effect on you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're just watching your whatever news, listening to the news, and it pops up. It, so, so that's one of the ideas here that, you know, people psychologically start to worship celebrities. Or we get involved with these distractions because there's this group belonging. The next idea here is parasocial interaction. That is, through media consumption, people come to feel as though they know the celebrity personally. They know, you know, we all feel like that. I I think sometimes, um, you know, in the past, a singer might pass away. That person died, you know, because I had memories associated with that person way back in the day or something like that. And it's a very weird phenomena that, oh, wow, you know, that person ain't on the planet no more. Um, But there's this celebrity you feel maybe personally attached to because of the worship. I mean, we should define worship in a minute, which can feel or fulfill emotional and social needs. And so, so many people are lonely today after the COVID thing, staying home by yourselves. So you've consumed so much of the different um media arts if you will and all of these celebrities whether it's music or you know right. uh, you name it uh, movies and you feel uh, closely associated especially when they start to tell you their background you know we get to know these people on their intimate level whether that's a true story or not right. um you feel like you you're you're part of these the this the celebrity as a as a friend um and they don't know you <laughs> They don't, know. and that's. The, I think that's that. That's probably the point to highlight the most is that you feel like you. And I would say this is a difference between, uh, so, you know, I think I think even the word celebrity is a little in, insufficient because you could say, are we talking about like shuhura, like being being well known? Well, many of the prophets, including the Prophet Muhammad sallam, are very well known. Mm. I never met him. I've never met the prophet. Never, never obviously, I'm right. born, uh, you know, 1,400 years later. I've never met him. The vast majority of Muslims 
that ever have been or will be will never meet him in this life. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and people will, my sheikh had a dream. I'm not talking about your dreams. I'm saying, مَا لَقَيْتُ I never met him in my life. Right. But he's extremely well known. You could say he's even famous, like the Prophet ﷺ is famous. In fact, the most common name in the world is Muhammad. Yes. Right? And even though I've never met him, I do not have a celebrity-like relationship with the Prophet ﷺ, even though he's somebody I care very much about, mm. uh, greatly respect. Um, when I When I hear his name, whether it comes out of my mouth or somebody else's, I feel a sense of reverence. Yes. And so that's why you will hear Muslims, they will say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or Alaihi Salam or something like this, like may Allah bless him, peace and blessings be upon him, so on and so forth. And so even if you say like, oh man, you know, I really liked Prince, you know, and his music was, you know, man, his, you know, I really vibed with his music and... He seemed like a knight, whatever. But there's, what do you really get back in terms of your relationship with that person? Yeah. Compared to what, what, what do I get back out of my relationship with Muhammad sallam? What do I get back with my relationship with the Prophet? One, I can have a realistic yearning that though I did not meet him in this life, inshallah, I will be able to meet him in the next life. And two, what he left me in terms of things in this life. Everything that he left me in terms of, obviously, the revelation of the Qur'an. Mm. Uh, how to live like life, like how he lived, a.k.a. his sunnah uh, and his uh, uswa. Um, of those things, no doubt, they bring benefit. Now, you could say, well, I, I could get benefit from, you know, from... From Prince, you know, I could, I could, whatever. It makes me feel like uh, more positive or, but I think it isn't merely that you admire that person, but rather, as you had mentioned before, it tends to encroach upon ta'abud, right? It tends to encroach upon worship. Right. You know, <clears throat> where... This person also uh, has an effect on how you determine value or even your ability to feel happiness or other things without them. Yeah. Like they need to be involved in order for you to feel good. Or it just It's different than simply being well-known. There's something really much more insidious. And, of course, again, they are being put in front of us. Oh, yeah. To serve the purpose of something else. In the same way, to be quite honest, the Prophet ﷺ is put in front of all of humanity to be one of the most well-known human beings that has ever lived by also serving a master. Of course, his master is God, right? His master is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. And so I can feel comfortable to venerate the Prophet ﷺ, of course not worship, but venerate him, sure. respect him, love him, want to uh, be like him, follow him. But at the same time, 
there's a clear boundary in distinction that there is something beyond him. Right. That isn't the case with these other people. And so they also then begin to take on the, they kind of begin to take on the the appearance of Tarut, of false gods oh, yeah. and idols. Oh, that's definitely, yeah. Right? Well, the idea here is with the celebrity worship, role models, they become role models and something to aspire to. Why? Because celebrities often represent the ideal of success, talent, beauty, lifestyle that people aspire to. However, there's also this very interesting concept of escapism. And so uh, the monotony and the challenge of people's daily life, uh, the celebrities provide this type of distraction from personal problems and wider societal issues. So in this, you know, I mean, this, this whole montage of, of psychological and sociological, cultural aspects, we gravitate to these people that keep being presented in front of us. And as you mentioned, um, you know, the dust of them get on us. Why? Well, the media influence, right? And the media plays a significant role in shaping perceptions of celebrities. So these people might be the worst people behind the door, right? Uh, That you might encounter if you ever live with them for a little bit. However, they portray them in a highly positive light, exaggerating their qualities and making their lives seem exceptionally desirable, yeah. right? But why? You know, my question I get posed is, so why would they do that? And so our conspiracy, you know, antenna pops up, and it's like, well, what's going on here? Why is this distraction just keep playing over and over? Why this particular yes, person at the yes. time? So, you know, that's a, that's a different question. Every, you, can, you can kind of, uh, you know, answer that for yourselves. I have my own thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but those are some of the key key aspects, and I think a, a big part right now is a a big part is the escapism. People have this opportunity to just get lost in the sauce uh, and get you know drunk with the this lifestyle that these people portray. Yes, uh, and you know they might not really even own all that lifestyle. There, it came <laughs> with it, right? Not. I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But that's a very false perception, and the media plays a huge role in it because I wouldn't know this person. My TV isn't on. I really don't have too many sources. I, I, I wouldn't even know if there's an actual disaster going on until later. <laughs> I might stumble upon it and yeah. then, oh, what ha- really, that happened over there? Because I just am not engaged with um, you know the different platforms and things like that to a certain level or for what I'm looking for. So I overlook a lot of that. Um, so, I mean, you know, another key aspect here, psychological needs are met through these people in general. Um, although, okay, finish your thought. Cause I'm going to challenge. Yeah. Let, well, no, we should. And that's, that's the key, but, um, the key here for this conversation, the, but psychologically, as we mentioned, some of those other factors such as escapism, um, many people may have a lack of self-esteem. So they gravitate to the worship of celebrities because they're hoping to find themselves over the in there. Or they may have related somehow. There's a backstory to that person that, oh, that was similar to mine. I grew up like that. Or, you know, oh, we found out their story when they were raised up, whatever. So there's these weird connections psychologically 
that and then compound that with the media of keep pushing them in, in your face psychologically you just adopt it oh yeah yeah no no i really like that person i and so everybody meets these people at different levels as you mentioned prince maybe you met him or not you but people meet him on a musical level uh, you got intellectuals that might, you know, dissect him into this, you know, supernova of a very articulate guy, you know, and Prince probably was, you know, I just, I never heard his music too much, but maybe he was a very, you know, um, beside womanizing, maybe he was a really, you know, uh, deep thinker, uh, who knows, but psychological um, factors that play for, for many people, and we fall into this tendency of um, worshiping celebrities. So challenge it. So like you said, you, 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 well, yeah. So you mentioned like people go there to have their psychological needs met. And I would say that fundamentally that would be a difference between the prophets and the messengers. Yeah. Right. Alayhim salam ajma'in, may Allah bless all of them. And celebrities is that while you may go to those figures to get your psychological needs met, the prophets and the messengers teach you how to to how to provide your own psych- psychological sustenance, yes. so to speak. Right? There's a very difference. So, you know, you you whether it's Taylor Swift, especially in this moment, right? Taylor Swift or whoever it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know all these people, but uh, you know. Uh, Rayhanna or uh, Kanye West or whoever it is, right? Yeah. Any, any of these celebrities, LeBron James, even right, is that it's like come, come and adore me. Come and bring me your adoration, and in return, you get to have the feeling of adoring me, and that will allegedly satisfy you. Versus, you know, Sayyidina Isa. Or Sayyidina Ibrahim, mm. and of course Sayyidina Muhammad alayhi salatu salam, right? Whether you're talking about the likes of Jesus or or Moses or Abraham or Muhammad, they are teaching you. Number one, we're gonna we're gonna really direct you to that which will satisfy you. Yeah, I cannot satisfy you, and I don't mean me, Mark. I mean like even right. the Prophet sallam when people would commit sins and they would come to him to confess their sins. And in many instances, the Prophet Sallallahu would turn away from them. Mm. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Right? Or that, I'm, I, I'm not the one that you need to be concerned with to satisfy your soul. Yeah. But you need to rather turn to the one that is above. Yeah. Right? The one and the only one that can... Uh, provide that kind of clemency, and so that's a big difference. Where yeah. we are, you know, they are not, you know, they are not figures that are putting themselves forth that merely in the adoration of them. Yes, of course, salawats upon the Prophet alayhi salam, you know, sending prayers upon him, but we don't pray to him. Right, but sending prayers upon, and in fact, if you think about like in at tashahud, which is the kind of like dua supplication that Muslims make towards the uh, at one point or towards the final point in a prayer, 
where we ask Allah to Assalamu alayka ya ayyuhan nabi O Allah, right, send prayers and blessings upon the Prophet wa ibad salihin right, and also to for Allah to bless the the, the the people of righteousness, who are those? The prophets and the the righteous followers of those prophets. And so there's a complete difference in that versus let me just stare at your picture. Let me just put your music on repeat right. over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, and then you look at the, the, the meat and the potatoes of what the substance of their message is built on. So it's going to typically always be uh, a visual component. That's why even even Prince, as like a as a male artist, right? They're not going to quite um, re, you know reveal their bodies in the same way as a female, right? Because uh, it's just not going to have that same kind of provocative effect. But even then, you know, the whole peacockery, all the. Sure. Sashes, and I mean, and some of that. I'm sorry, is like to uh, to with it's a kind of like feminization, you know, <laughs> dude walking around with mascara and lipstick and all this other stuff that's really despicable. But it's going to have this visual component because number one, without the visual component, there's nothing there of substance. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm going to be a little bit of a snob here, and that that that's a big difference of. I know people are going to get all upset. That's a big difference of. You know, whether you're talking about the Kanye West or the Princes or the Michael Jacksons, let alone the Taylor Swifts, and going back to an era of the John Coltrane's and the Miles Davises, right, uh, and the McCoy Tyners and, you know, the Oscar, you know, Petersons and whatnot, is that, you know, Herbie Hancock, you know, once said this. They asked him, like, hey, man, like, what's up with jazz? Like, why has jazz had such a demise? He said, because people are now interested in people. They're not, and they're, and they're interested in the, you know, they're interested in the person, the visual aspect of the person in front of the music. Mm. They're no longer interested in the music itself, right? And again, you know, one yeah. of these days, uh, we'll have a conversation yeah. about music. Uh, I'll share some some thoughts from Imam Shokani and others on this. But putting those arguments aside, you know, Herbie Hancock, you know, uh, who who's somebody that began as like a jazz musician and then progressed through. And we all remember Rocket, if you're old enough, remember like the the, the <laughs> video that came on MTV, like one of the first big videos that came on MTV back yeah. in the 80s and whatnot. So he lived like through the through the bebop era and the post-bop era into the pop era. And he was just saying like, yeah, that's that's one reason why jazz, because, you know, there even though Miles Davis was definitely a celebrity, was an extraordinarily popular jazz musician, but at the end of the day, it was Miles and his music. Or John Coltrane, like there, it was really what people were getting from the, if there were any substance of the music, what they were getting from that, and not just purely this visual carnival spectacle, right? Which is unhealthy for people. Oh yeah, well, that that's a strong point, and the idea here is that, you know, once your celebrity worship, not you, but people in general, um, fail you. It fails you in the sense of self-esteem or, you know, your sense of purpose because life comes and challenges you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings you a test that you couldn't, you know, uh, your celebrity isn't going to help you (laughs) at this point to watch that movie again. Just isn't fulfilling and satisfying because, uh, you know what, life just smacked me in the face and I got to handle this issue here. So you're left in the lurch as usual. 
and all of the deities left, and you don't know what to do. And it's all predicated on a lie. All you know, of a lie. I mean, yeah. you know, these people are actors. You know, the person oh, you yeah. see up on that stage is not really who they are. They are acting and they are, you know, portraying something. Um, and that's why, you know, to me, the really insidious part comes as you take a, you know, you, you, you take somebody like, like a Michael Jackson. May, you know, may Allah forgive me. There were people that would say things like Michael Jackson was more popular than God, right? Like <laughs> a celebrity that reaches an, an absurdity, right? Where people are crying and people are almost committing suicide over right. this person or like they, they would completely fall apart, you know. And then you come to find out the dude's a dope fiend. You know, he's hooked on prescription drugs or some other celebrity that, you know, dies in an overdose or, mm-hmm. you know. And when that happens, then the industry begins spinning this. They begin what I call the humanistic spin. Oh, well, that humanizes them because, well, you, you know, they're... You know, they're not perfect people, and these are their fault. And so somehow, you know, when you take the Mick Jaggers of the world and all the drug use and all this other crazy stuff, well, somehow now that humanizes them. It's a way of justifying hedonism. It's a way of justifying, you know, uh, sinful behavior to actually make it Admirable, and Allah talks about this in the Quran. Mm. You know where He talks about zuyina lilladina. You know, like the, the the people of of fisk. You know, the people of, of of sinful behavior and sinful ideology that they will try to make tazyin. They will zayina. They will make it beautiful. It'll appear beautiful to them, and they will try to make it appear beautiful to you so even when they do things that are that are haram like with a woman when she starts to take off her clothes because like you can be a dude and like generally like no male artist has to ever like okay you could have like a muscle shirt or something but like literally you could you could be a very very popular male actor or male artist or musician and actually never expose your aura as a man, which is what? From the navel to the knee. Right. So, okay, you have your chest showing and your buff and your whatnot. But, you know, in terms of sharia, you're not naked. Right? Now, we may say, oh, dude's got a shirt on. If he's covered from the, from the navel to the knee, what I'm saying is no male artist needs to go all the way down right. to their underwear. <laughs> but for women, right, sure. you have to do that. You have to go to this extreme to where you, you know, reveal your nakedness. And then when, when everybody knows deep in their conscience somewhere that this is wrong, this is not right, right, uh, then they will say, oh, well, she's empowering herself. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. You know, uh, you know the, not, now she's empowering herself. <clears throat> right. And so they flip it and they do this type of tazyin that Allah talks about in the Quran where they try to beautify that which is repugnant. They try to put the lipstick on the pig and tell you that it's beautiful. Yeah. And so that's the other part that comes with it that is completely the opposite 
of the Anbiya exactly. and the Rusul and the Salihin, you know, right. from the prophets, the messengers, and the righteous people. Totally different. Exactly. So uh, along that lines where the, how can I say, the, the cultural um, deformity um, and I'm going to throw out this institute, Tavistock. We may have heard of this back in the day. Tavistock has been around for a while, Tavistock Institute, where there was a lot of psychological concepts going on in regards to mind control and what they can do with a, a society, and we call them now the social engineering factors that play a big role in Western society, and particular Britain at the time. Uh, and some would say that as as the biggest celebrities out of Britain were the Beatles, and they were a Tavistock controlled mm-hmm. group. People don't may not know right, this, right? Okay, and it's still hard to even really put your finger on that. But they needed a new revolution and movement. Yeah, right. So you would find then the hippie movement came out of that. Um, you know, and so some would say, well, the three letter agencies such as CIA, you know, borrowed some sure. of the playbook from the yeah, Tavistock yeah, Institute. Sure, sure. Um, and so, you know, this, as you mentioned, beautifying the ugly, um, you know, and making the beauty look. Lahum as Allah says, right. And shaitan comes along and makes it seem beautiful to them. Yeah. So the, the people who know this, know this. And push that out oh, and legitimize man. it, right? And that's what I'm saying. I feel like this Taylor Swift you, moment you. is being pushed yeah. and forced on us. I do. I feel like I'm yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm being assaulted. Definitely. Well, and we mentioned, you know, the um even negative news um, is not bad news, right? Ah, yeah. <laughs> for, well, for, in, in the world of Zayyina lahum al-Shaytan, right, in the world of, and Shaytan made it seem beautiful to them, as they say, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So some, <laughs> some exa- thank you. So <laughs> some of these concepts here is that, you know, the increased visibility. That's what I'm saying. So the dust gets on you, right? You get this uh, increased invisibility. But here was an interesting, interesting concept. We may have heard this one, but I've never... Fully grasp it because I didn't understand it. But as I was researching some of this, the Streisand uh, 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 effect, Streisand effect, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Yep, yep. So the concept here was that uh, this effect refers to the phenomena where attempts to hide, remove, or censor information results in greater attention being paid to that information. In the context of celebrities, efforts to quash negative news can inadvertently amplify it. Right, and so they know this. So let's contrive a plot here. Of course, and get it out. I mean, there, think right? about it. We have a paparazzi, right? There's a sub. There's a sub aspect or subculture to celebrity culture, which is the paparazzi thing, right? Where people go around and they take pictures of celebrities, yeah. not on the red carpet or at some gala or at some big event, but like spying on them in their private life, and so. You know, like it, 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 to me, that's very emblematic of the thing that you just talked about. Yeah, um, humanizing celebrities, as you mentioned. You know that, and just also just 
you know, why would you? Why do you care if Ben Affleck goes to <laughs> Del Taco with uh, what's, His, what? What I, I don't know who he's with now, man. I can't keep track. You yeah. know, whatever celebrity woman that he's with. Right. Who cares if he ordered a number two at Del Taco with an extra? Who cares? Right. You so know? TMZ did a good. <laughs> they've they popularized this. Yeah, uh, they've made it into CEO. they've made it into an entire like it's like TMZ, right? Yeah. It's almost like a uh, <laughs> it's like shorthand or no, it's true. And and again, they have created this to foster inside of you, like the movie Inception, mm, yeah. right? There you go. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, uh, every once in a while, Hollywood hey. comes out with one that's like kind of interesting, right? Uh, no, but like that idea in Inception is what is what you know. You want to plant the idea in another person's mind such that it germinates and takes off on its own, right? You know, so I think though the the issue is that because these things are so false and so fake. That what they have to keep doing is they have to keep inoculating us. Yeah. Right? Because if they hit you one time with one image, you're hit a little bit, but then the fitra comes back and pushes it away. <laughs> yeah. Right? The, the internal disposition to believe in Allah and to embrace good and to reject evil, it comes back. It's like right. your immune system. You get hit, you know, you, you know, they spray something and, you know, <laughs> then you take a little vitamin D you and shake you know, it off. You, yeah, you shake it off. Right. <laughs> so they have to constantly to suppress yeah. your Iman immune system, your faith immune system. They have to come back and constantly bombard you with this kind of, you know, shaitanic radiation. Like there's, you yeah. know, there's cosmic radiation <laughs> and there's like shaitanic oh, radiation. So they have to constantly <laughs> bombard you. With this to suppress uh. your, I mean, such to the point then, to tie back what I was saying about, right, with the women, the tabarraj, right, they have to constantly take their clothes off, take their clothes. And you see it even with newscasters. Like, watch the news any day. Every male newscaster, what is, like, you know, what's the starter kit for a male newscaster, right? Suit and tie and shirt. You are covered from the neck down to your feet. Right. What is the newscaster, female newscaster starter well, set, right? Yeah. It's always got to be a sleeveless thing, yeah. and she's got on some, like, little mini skirt. And then they have her sitting in the chair, and she's always, like, squirming back and well, forth so she's not showing her private parts. The, and it's, the, it's just, right? And don't even talk about the the weather woman. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, man, she, that's off the – and don't right. go to Latin America because those weather women are – Oh, yeah, are, they got the just... dude in the back with the whole pile of 20s making it rain. You know what I mean? She's, she's talking about the rain, and he's making it rain. You know? It's an absolute insanity. Crazy, yeah. Right? And then you flip it now. So now what's the new thing for dudes? Because, okay, for dudes, you know, like I said, even if you go all the way down to the navel to the knee – Eh, you know, it's it's it doesn't have the same. So what do, what's the new thing now? We're gonna make you like a woman, and so you're gonna dress up. You know, the Harry Styles of the world and all these other dudes that are gonna now put on dresses. What's the what's the guy's name? Will Ferrell? Not Will Ferrell, but what's the Pharrell? Right, the mm. dude that made the happy song. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's wearing like they got all these dudes now wearing dress and dresses. Yeah. And, and, and Chappelle. Talked about that. <laughs> yeah. um, Chappelle yeah. and this other guy, I forget Cap. his name, 
He's a real he's a he's a older older brother, man, older black dude, man. And he's like he's real big. Back in the day he used to look like a professional wrestler. Mm. And he had one eye that was kind of cocked and he he, oh, he, yeah, he was yeah. in Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. He played bald, in, bald. Yeah, big yeah. yeah, yeah, big brother, right? And so there's this interview of him talking to I think a church audience. And he was like, I'm the most hated man in Hollywood because I don't do this this gay stuff of uh dressing up like a woman. Yeah. Right, and Chappelle talked about the same thing. Like they went to Jamie. So what did what did Jamie do on mm. Living Color? Mm. Right, dressing up like all, a woman. All, all Living uh, Color. Martin <laughs> dressing up like a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and the other one that talked about, it, even though I don't really like him because he's so vulgar, but Cat Cat uh, Williams, he talked about it as well. Yeah, he and he's like, man, it. you know, I, he's I was so excited to do this movie with uh, with Martin because he's like, man, this is one of my comic heroes. Man, this is fantastic. I'm gonna do a comedy movie. With uh, you know, with Martin, and then the studio comes back and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you know what we were really thinking was like Big Mama's House Three or Big Mama's House Nine or whatever." And he was like, "Wait, wait, 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 no, no, I'm not putting on a dress." They're like, "No, no, but it's going to be hilarious." He's like, "Number one, that's already been done. So why do you have this need to take every black actor and put them in?" A dress, yeah, right? And that's what was Shaitan yeah. right? Shaitan comes exactly. in. Oh, and, and the people that argue, they're earnestly, oh no, it's great, man. It's it's, it's art. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's this or that. You're really <laughs> stretching the boundaries on blah 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 blah. Right? <laughs> right? Shaitan right? It's purely from the devil. It's Shaitan that's gonna come and tell you that it's beautiful or wonderful, or beautiful and wonderful to take off your clothes oh, and, and, and all this other stuff. It's, you know. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, you know, no, or when definitely. you when you OD, uh, you humanize them now. Well, you know, right. you know that, that's just being a real human being. You know, I did it last week, so I, I, the, I can agree. <laughs> I understand how that guy feels. Right. <laughs> no, it's true. And, and another concept here from the negative aspect of this is – Controversy creates conversation. So this, maybe Taylor Swift, we always know these famous people get married and then they divorce. So she's married or got this football. Uh, oh, he'll be or, around uh, for right? another then, week or two you know, as, as and he's useful. <laughs> and then they'll cut him like fish bait too. And so, so audience, get your pen. This is because as, as an educator, you know, I have to get the class going here. Get your pens and take your notes. That concept there of controversy and all of these other aspects of celebrity and, and, and music and, you know, how we venerate these people, it goes to a psychological level and a biological level of the mind. And we'll talk about these four real quick. Um, the chemicals, the four dominant chemicals that are produced from some of these concepts here, dopamine, endorphins, um, serotonin, and oxytocin are primarily being emitted at different event for different events. But the endorphin, when it comes to controversy, um, really is excreted. So the Jerry Springers and all of these, you know, uh, daytime, you know, afternoon shows that had the controversy. We love to watch it. Why? Because we were getting this endorphin rush, seeing the controversy of this. So 
they need to add the movie keeps going like you said and you know so now here comes the movie they they married ah uh, they divorced controversy yeah and now we're on sides we're picking sides oh, she's I mean a think jerk, about just the advent a, of 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 uh, 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 what are they called? reality TV there you go right reality TV isn't you know me uh, sweating about my light bill being paid you know two <laughs> months late or Right. Uh, you know, trying to figure out how to like, how am I going to buy groceries the last you know four days of the month before I get that? They're not doing that kind of reality TV, right? <laughs> it's all this drama. Yes, you know. Um, so, so the sensation seeking. So, we have a propensity to look for this, um, and as I mentioned, in those four four quadrants of the brain, there in these chemicals that we produce. Um, the sensation sinking and we go back to Tavistock and the, you know, social engineering, yes. uh, you know, and they, they catching us like one, two, three, um, from all angles. And if we're not aware of this, you know, as we mentioned before, we always try and bring solutions. So being aware of what's going on in the mind, um, when we're looking at dopamine, the reward chemical, you might, you know, achieve that through eating or, maybe accomplishing a goal, uh, completing a task, yes. or your self-care activities, right? Yeah. So maybe that's what we want to get more involved with, um, you know, to derive some of these or distance ourselves from some of the activities of celebrities and focus on ourselves more. Endorphins, well, exercising, it is the painkiller, right? Mm-hmm. So exercising, uh, maybe listening to Quran, course in my note here it says music right <laughs> but choose choose wisely uh watching something that's informative laughter engaging with people or engaging with laughter smiling uh oxytocin mm. uh, socializing so this is kind of the the love or happiness section so socializing uh physical touch so if you're not a toucher maybe you might want to give hugs more handshakes or what it would however you want to engage in that uh petting animals very interesting so if you have an animal yes. a cat a dog might want to pet it more <laughs> what? so they mentioned that so this this brings out the the love kind of a chemical here the compassion part which is true yeah it is true uh so serotonin you might or helping others back to uh oxytocin uh and helping out others uh serotonin so it might set your mood. So sun exposure. Uh, we talked about mindfulness before many times or awareness or intent, mm. having intent. So um, being with nature. So getting out, taking a hike, a walk, get out of the, the house and, you know, prayer or as they noted here, meditation. Right. So those are some of the, if you will, um, hacks that you could do on yourself and there's many more that's just a small category of how we sure. can produce some of these chemicals that could benefit us yeah. or you know be a detriment to us if they're not utilized correctly or abused incorrectly you know what's interesting that makes me think of have you ever read the book uh the society of the spectacle by guy debord no, so yeah guy debord was a french uh you could, you could, i mean he was in the marxist camp he was definitely like a Marxist uh, sort of literary critic, filmmaker, philosopher. You know, he lived, uh, I'd say probably like what, from the 30s? Uh, I had to look up exactly. But, you know, he was born, I think, in the 30s and then lived through 
you know, came of age in the, you know, say through the 50s, through the 70s. Anyway, he wrote a book uh, that was quite influential called The Society of the Spectacle. Mm. And he was, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not a Marxist. <laughs> I'm very critical of many Marxist things, right? That being said, though, like, despite his Marxist leanings and despite him being French, uh, there are some things that 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 you know uh, De Boer was very very observant about, and what he noticed coming into the modern, and what would eventually become, you could say, we're now in the postmodern era. But he noticed that there was going to come this advent in which people would cease to have authentic experiences. So just like you mentioned, mm. like petting a cat, right, throwing a throwing a frisbee with a dog. Right, these are real yeah. experience. Sitting down and having a meal with your friend, sitting at the dinner table as a family and eating dinner. Yeah, you know, cooking, you know, baking cookies with your grandma. Right, these are real, yeah. profound human experiences, rooted in in a way that is at least somewhat attached to the fitrah, to the, mm. the the template of how Allah designed us, which is to be familial. And social, yeah. And he noticed that Western society, which was which was even at his time fast approaching, becoming the dominant form of human civilization across the globe, is that along along with many wonderful things of you know Western civilization, there were some terrible things that came with it as well, which was the not simply the destruction of family values, but rather this. Almost like if you could imagine, you know, human human relationships as like a molecule, and Western civilization was going to come down and break down all of the molecular connections mm. to where we would just be individual atoms. Yeah, right. So the atomization of of of, of human existence, yeah. and then once you're broken down into these individual little atoms. Now you will predominantly negotiate, or you, your, the currency or the railway of which you will now have any experience will be through imagery. Yeah, <laughs> imagery will come to have a dominating effect on human experience. Yeah. So you're not going to pet your cat anymore. You're not going to throw a frisbee with your dog anymore. Now you're going to have a phone with a little dog app on it, or you're going to wear a virtual <laughs> reality headset. And now you're gonna go throw you're gonna throw your frisbee with your dog, yeah. in a which this would probably make the Hennepies very happy because you know they don't like the dog. Right? So now you can go and you don't have to worry about the saliva and the najasa and it's no longer that's an issue, right? Um, which is why the Malikis should really be the ones driving technology Man. because we don't have a problem with these things, right? But no, seriously, you're going to now put on your virtual reality headset. Of course, now you know Debor could only imagine what these things. Now we're seeing them. I mean, look. Apple has come out with their new, you know, VR headset. And I saw a video the other day of some knucklehead walking around New York City, almost getting run over by a truck because he's like walking around like in an imaginary VR world, interacting with the real world with his VR headset and Mm. almost getting run over by Mm -hmm. a non-VR, very Mm. real dump truck, right? Very real dump truck. And so he talked about that, that, that imagery would come to play this enormous role in how human beings would now react with their environment. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you don't have, like, somebody that you would really look up to 
either A, from your family, like your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your grandma or your grandpa or your uncle or your cousin or maybe even your teacher. But now you're going to look up to Taylor Swift. And and let's be honest, you're looking up to Taylor Swift 99.9% of the time through an image. You're not there at the concert. How many concerts can she give? You're not even there. You Like you said, you're having a reaction to these people that you think you know. Oh, man, Prince died. It was too soon. <laughs> Michael Jackson died. It's too soon. It's too yeah. soon. Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther, Wakanda forever, died. It's too soon. And you get sad. But then, you know, you go to the masjid and you hear, hey, Uncle Aziz passed away. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. business as usual. Right. But some celebrity passes, it's too soon. And, oh, my God, and rest in peace. But your own fellow co-religionist dies. Oh, well, that's just, you know, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. And you don't even have any idea what yeah. that means. So Debor, like he really talked about, there was very swiftly descending upon humanity, mm. this age of the image. And, and, and another important figure, Antonio Gramsci, again, in the Marxist field. And that's the thing. You know, you can critique the Marxists all you want. And and there are many valid critiques of Marxists. But some of the most damning and insightful observations and criticisms of modernity and post-modernity and Western civilization actually have come from many of the Marxists, right? So I I don't embrace them. But so, for instance, one of the things that he talked about Again, he said, now we will have a, a society of passivity. Yep. Right? This reminds me of, uh, of the, the, the cricket czar, Klaus, right? You will own nothing, and you yep. will be happy, and you will drink cricket milkshakes and eat cricket burgers, right? He said, a society and a civilization is being created in which people will passively consume images. Now, you may feel it's not passive. Oh, man, I'm watching this YouTube video. I'm doom scrolling endlessly with all these videos <laughs> on Instagram and, and YouTube. And you feel, but it's, it, it is. It's completely passive. Rather than engaging in genuine, meaningful activities. Again, that is what the likes of the Taylor Swifts and all these other celebrities is that they want, they are there as the golden calves to corral you into passive human experiences mitigated and controlled through imagery. Whereas the prophets and the messengers, alayhim salam jami'an, may Allah bless all of them, they were actually to direct human beings to real profound human experiences, either it, obviously, in the worship of Allah Ta'ala, by worshiping God and worshiping yeah. Him alone, as He was, as we were instructed to do, but also to what? In the way that we deal with one another. It's like that passage in Surah Al-Dhariyat, where Allah talks about uh, the muhsineen. Kanu qaleena min al-layli yahja'oon. That in the, in the, they, why were they people of excellence, of, of people of ihsan? Because in the night they stayed up and they prayed. Wabil ashari hum yastaghfirun. And in the morning, they got up and prayed, right? So the night and the day, they have a connection to God, and they, they're worshipful, and they'll do it. But they're what? Mm. Right? And that they have, they, they designate. And by here, setting aside a portion of their wealth uh, uh, for, for, the, for the sick, or I mean, rather for the poor and for the destitute, 
It doesn't mean they just set it aside and then uh, you send that money in an app to some organization. But no, no, it means like you really cared. Like you set it aside, but then you were also to, we know in Islam, the best way to give zakah is to give it with the hand, like to deliver Mm -hmm, it, to mm -hmm. be involved. And so, you know, DeBoard, very interesting, is observing we are quickly moving away to move everything to passive engagement. Everything will be this uh, hologram, holographic through images, images, and we're surrendering, our, surrendering ourselves. And for me, this is why it's really evil, because the only thing we surrender to is Allah. Yeah. And yet, this system wants to surrender, wants wants you to willingly inception, right? Wants you to willingly surrender your soul, your likes, your dislikes. Your your aspirations, your dream, everything, your values, you're going to surrender it to us, and and that's why his book to me is still sure relevant. Um, it's still an, an incredible. It's called the. You can find a translation. It was obviously written originally in French, but you can find a decent translation called the Society of the Spectacle. Yeah, and so he said, what instead of engaging in, in genuine, meaningful activities, so he deals with the idea of consumerism, mass media. And the loss of authenticity, mm. right? And it's amazing. Like this dude wrote this book at a time where he couldn't have imagined, even though he obviously had the intuition to be able to have the foresight. Allah, even as a kafir, Allah gave him the foresight to be able to look at what was coming, and and, and it was really quite amazing. So yeah. he talks about the 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 dom the the, the we will be dominated by spectacle. And so going back to reality TV and the drama, we'll be dominated by spectacle. All relationships will become commodified. Mm. All relationships that we have will become commodified, right? So authentic, meaning like either through your family or through like like how you and I met, like an authentic connection. Yeah. This will be replaced by, again, superficial images. And we even see this now like with Muslims, like – you know, falling in love with, uh, you know, following this or that person on, uh, on on Instagram and this sheikh on Instagram and so on and so on, where now we don't we don't go to the masjid and we don't attend the halakah. <laughs> we don't listen to any the local imam because he's just a fuddy-duddy. He's just some knucklehead. We don't listen to – we want to follow the celebrity imam online, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he also talks about how increasingly people will become to feel alienated. So we see this massive rise in depression, yeah. massive rise in people feeling alienated, that they don't belong anywhere, that they don't even belong in their own bodies. Mm. I'm a man, yeah. but I don't belong in the body of a man. Now I belong in the body of a woman. Right. Or vice versa. Or now I'm a man, I belong in the body of a blender. Or I belong in the body of a cricket or a giraffe or whatever right. this other nonsense is. Um, and then he also talked about the concept of like a kind of false consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that is that is affected by not only false imagery, but how it will become increasingly more difficult to tell what is real and not real. Yeah. So now we have AI, we have the deep fake. And so you can't tell not only the image that you're looking at or the video, oh, did they doctor that? Or is that, a, is that an AI image that's getting so good? But everything that you're reading online, you know, every, the videos that you watch, the podcast that you listen to, the news that you are, you know, you can't even tell now. It's probably we've all been deep faked and not know it was something that we read that was that was written by an AI bot and we don't even know it. Sure. So he talked about also, right, the, the, the problem that will come with uh, false consciousness, right? It, that's why I feel like 
Uh, and I don't want to overhype him. I mean, he's a Kaffir at the end of the day, right? But his book is, in my opinion, a good read. If you if you know if you if you have a good foundation in your Islam and Tawheed and Iman, and what, it's a great book. Uh, and I and honestly, I think every single youth group, Muslim youth group, should read this book. Now, when I say that, they should read it under the care and the guidance of a of a real teacher. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like it's it's this is a this is a book that should be read in, in Masajid uh for youth groups. Obviously not to supplant all the other things that we read, but it's just you know, you can read all the books of fiqh you want, you can read all the books of aqaid and theology and those and you should read those and study those. But those books may not they, they don't have any windows into what is transpiring underneath our very eyes at the moment. And books like these I think are are really helpful. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a plethora of different insights that uh, we can draw from, but through our lens of Islam. But you know, like we were, we were mentioning the 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 celebrity worship, and one thing I invested in was to um, you know study the Sahaba, and that's where I, you know a lot of my uh, perspective tends to lead. What did this Sahaba do for this? Or you know, it really informed me of my environment um, because they were dealing with real life and they gave you the lesson on how to deal with it based off of the problem of homicide Islam, what they, what he, they were taught. So you know that tradition of knowledge of real life experiences and issues and, you know, day to day monotony of life, they had to deal with it and to the extreme of war and jihad and things like that. So, um, which, you know, wasn't even looked, they were looking for that. So that they, you know, they were, they were flipping the perspective, right. which was great because, yes. you know, we're quivering in our boots over here. As you mentioned, a, a prince dies or this one died, you know, this celebrity dies and, uh, what happened to you? What? And, you know, we got <laughs> real warriors out there that were handling life as it was dealt to them as Allah had dealt with it. So, you know, so I know the stats, I don't know the stats of these people today, but I know the stats of the Sahaba. Uh, Khalid bin Walid never lost, right? Never lost a, a battle in his jahl and in his... Yeah. his um, Talk about undefeated. Right? Uh, I know the sta- who, who did he conquer when, when he was wrestling? And this, there might be different revival or different right, right, tradition right. on it, but uh, Omar, right. when they were young, right? He broke his... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he, so, I mean, you know, these are my heroes, and if you will, lack of better words, my celebrities, but these are the ones that I like to to get my my talking points from and lessons and understanding, so I encourage the... And the, the, the beautiful thing so. about them is when you look at the companions of the Prophet, and even, we can just say the Salaf, right, Though the, the, the first several generations yeah. of, of, of Muslims, is that whether you met the Prophet, Sallallahu or didn't because obviously even even you know by the time you get to like even Imam Malik who's from the Salaf mm. never met the Prophet yes. but look I mean like one of the mm. foundational teachers of our of our ummas yeah. you know Imam Malik may Allah be pleased with him is that if you really have taken Islam and imbibed it right so whether we're talking about the 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 Sahaba who actually met the Prophet or we're talking about the tabi'in, those that came after them and never met him, but they 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 imbibed the Quran and they imbibed his Sunnah. Once you put them two things in your system, mm. 
just ain't nothing else going to get that. Nothing else is going to give you that lift. Yeah. And so I think a great many Muslims are like people today that are just chronically vitamin D deficient. Mm. I think many Muslims today are chronically Islamic deficient. deficient. They're Islam deficient. They're Quran deficient. They're Muhammad deficient. They're Sunnah deficient. Mm. And so when you get that in you, when you really get it in you, I remember when I was, you know, I've been Muslim for years. And I had, you know, I had, alhamdulillah, I had learned Arabic and I had studied Quran and tafsir and I was very, very well versed in, in, in the basics of those things. But, and, and I, I, I knew exactly who the Prophet was and what he meant to be Muslims. And of course, I, you know, okay, the sunnah is to do it like this and to do it like that. And I remember I was living, I was in Philadelphia and, you know, one of my teachers and friends, Dr. Sherman Jackson, uh, was going to be in New York. I think it was either, I can't remember if it was Columbia or NYU, but he was going to be in New York. And he was going to be teaching uh, like a weekend sirah thing. And I was like, all right, you know, cool, I'll go up for that. And I had read sirah of the Prophet before, right? So I I knew about all the major events and and such. Anyway, long story short, I went up, and may Allah bless Dr. Jackson for this, uh, because he, that weekend that he taught the sirah, when I got back on the bus to go back to Philadelphia, I had this moment on the bus where I I started to weep openly. And mm. I'm sure the people on the bus were like, man, what, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this dude, <laughs> man? Right? Because even though I knew all, or I, 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 when I say all, I knew all of the facts about the Prophet Sallallahu right. And I mean that obviously as somewhat you know, you know, hyperbolic, right? I knew the facts of his life. I knew where he was born and what happened to him as a child. Mm-hmm. And I knew all the major stages that he went. I knew the facts. But what Dr. Jackson gave me that day was the human being and the man and the messenger. And just something happened on that ride home, man. And yeah. it just the, just the faucet turned on. And from that moment, I truly be, went from not only being obviously a follower of him, but somebody that truthfully loved the Prophet Sallallahu Yeah. And I can never repay that debt to him. Mm-mm. That's what it's about. You know, and so what I'm saying is once you get that juice inside you, oh, you're, in, you're trying, people man. are trying to get that juice inside them from, from fentanyl, from cocaine, from weed, from alcohol, from meaningless sex, from all. They're trying to get that. And I understand. I'm a human being too. We all want to get that in us. Mm-hmm. We like that feeling. But everything else is a false idol. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a golden calf. And so I've, I've said many times, a lot of, especially a lot of born Muslims, man, and even some converts, man, <laughs> you know, it's one thing to, you know, to embrace Islam. It's another thing to fall in love with it. Yeah. That's right. That is right. Hey, man, I, I, I hear this ice cream truck out there. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm falling in love too, man. I'm falling in love with diabetes right now. Get our, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> let's, let's go get our insulin, our type 2 on. Let's do it, my man. You know, let's I think I got it. an extra needle in my bag, man. We'll, <laughs> we'll shoot up and go out and, and get some of the good stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, have to clean, I have to clean it like that. <laughs> uh, this has been episode 13 of the Middle Ground Podcast. 
Hope you enjoyed this one with my friend and guest, Brother Dawood Alemen. I'm your host, Imam Mark Manling. Again, you can find all of the previous episodes and show notes up on our Substack. You can listen to past episodes on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. And you can subscribe to them there or you can also subscribe to our Substack. Leave us some feedback on this episode as well as anything you might like to hear in the next. Jazakum al Appreciate your time as always. Assalamu alaikum.